make a place to get to know the Lord again if you need to get to know Him again. Tonight I'll be preaching more to the prodigal than I will the one who is established in the church. And I feel a certain direction tonight in the Holy Ghost. And I'll be going to Ephesians, the second chapter, and starting in the 16th verse. Thank you for the honor to be here. It's a privilege, and it is indeed a high honor to grace this pulpit where I know the words of the Lord wax eloquent on a weekly basis. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Give honor to your leadership and your pastor today. In Jesus' name. Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 16. Read this. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off. Everybody say afar off. And to them that were nigh, for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Tonight, with the help of the Holy Ghost, for the next few moments, I'll simply preach on the subject, afar off, afar off. One more time, will you lift your hands and your voices and give praise to the King of Kings and ask Him to touch us tonight in this house. Lord, we're grateful for your presence. We're thankful for your spirit that we feel. I pray today that you would help us to preach your already anointed word. Anoint my mind, anoint my mouth today to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. We're here to give you glory and honor and praise, Jesus. There's no one like you. We're grateful for you tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. You have to understand the Lord loves his bride. You and I are special because we are part of the bride of Christ. When you were born again into the church, when you were coming down to an altar and you spoke in tongues for the first time and you were baptized in Jesus' name, like the Bible says, you have to understand that you were born into something. You were born into the body of Christ and when you were born into the body of Christ and began to obey the word of the Lord and his spirit came upon you, you are now part of something that is powerful. You are part of something that is glorious. The Bible says this is a glorious bride. This is a glorious church without spot and without wrinkle. And he chose you and he chose me to be a part of the church. Is anybody thankful you're a part of the church tonight? Is anybody grateful that you're a part of this thing called the church? And this church is not going backwards. The church is moving forward. The church is growing. The church is adding. And I'm thankful today that I am a part of the church of the living God. I'm not just part of any church. I'm not just part of a church. I am part of the church. And it is this church that is going to come and see him again when he comes one more time. And the Lord loves to talk to his bride. He loves to talk to his church. 
in Genesis, we find the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. We see him talking to Abraham. We see him talking to Moses and to Joshua and all throughout Scripture because he loves to commune with his people. The Lord loves to talk to the church. And if you will let him, the Lord will begin to talk to you. He'll talk to you when you don't even want to listen. He'll talk to you when you don't think there's anything left to say. He'll talk to you when you think all hope is gone and he'll say, no, I've still got some hope left for you. He'll talk to you in the dark of the midnight and he'll talk to you in the cool of the day. It is his desire to have a relationship with us. He wants to communicate with us. He wants us to be close to him. He wants to talk to his church. God is a talking God. Sometimes it will be a still small voice and other times it will be a loud voice. But the Lord loves to talk to his church and he loves to tell us the things he wants us to hear. But in our humanity and in our flesh, we can oftentimes find ourselves standing afar off from the Lord through life and through circumstances, through things we never thought would happen. All of a sudden, we find ourselves standing afar off from him, not able to hear him like we want to. Not able to feel him like we want to. Not able to discern him like we want to discern him. And through life and through circumstances, life has a way of somehow making the child of God stand afar off from where we know we should be. Have you ever gotten mad at somebody before and, and you try to avoid them and it's a few days before you talk to them again or a few days before you text them back or you try, you see them coming towards you and you automatically turn around and try to go the other direction hoping they didn't see you or hoping they forgot about that thing you borrowed from them or hoping that they don't remember that $10 that you owe them. And it's a few days or maybe even a few months before you ever talk to them again. And hear me tonight, it is very easy to separate ourselves from communication with him, whether it be through guilt or whether it be through condemnation or whether it be through a lifestyle that you just know that oh, I don't want to talk to the Lord today and I really don't want to see him today and I really don't want to be close to him today because uh, whatever the reason, I don't know, I, I may not be living right or I may not have everything together, I just know I haven't been praying enough or whatever the reason is the question arises to those who have found themselves in these places away from the Lord how do I come back to the Lord it seems like I'm afar off it seems like I'm a long ways away from where I was and I don't know how I wound up in the pig pen all I remember was asking him for some of my inheritance and he gave it
it to me and how I'm finding myself a long way from the father's house or I'm finding myself where I don't belong. I'm finding myself a far off. It just seems like I'm afar off. There are three instances in the Bible when we see that Scripture begins to describe to us certain situations where certain individuals were afar off from the Lord. In Luke chapter 17, verse number 11, it comes to pass as Jesus is going to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off and they lifted up their voices and said Jesus master have mercy on us and when he saw them he said unto them go show yourselves unto the priests and it came to pass that as they went they were cleansed and one of them when he saw that he was healed turned back and with a loud voice began glorifying God and fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks and he was a Samaritan and Jesus answered said were there not ten cleansed but where are the nine there are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger and he said unto him arise go thy way thy faith has made thee whole and we will talk a little bit more about this portion of scripture tomorrow night but tonight I want to begin by talking about the first thing that will eliminate the distance between you and the Lord these ten men which the Bible says were standing afar off. Jesus is passing through Samaria and Galilee and he enters a certain village and these ten lepers are standing afar off and they are standing so far because the law of the leper in Leviticus 13 begins to tell us that these men who were standing afar off could not get within a certain proximity of the people that they saw coming toward them. The rabbis set a rule that a leper could not come within four cubits of anyone or 100 cubits if there was an east wind blowing and they were still standing far away when Jesus literally sees them and he sees these 10 men standing afar off and they shout at him they begin yelling at him and he yells back at them because they, they're not coming close to him he yells back at them go show yourselves to the priests and for the lepers this was an act of faith they had not been healed yet they had not been cleansed yet they had not been delivered yet their body was still full of scabs and sores they were still stuck in the middle of their mess and their limbs were perhaps still falling off and that perhaps their foot was gone and they had to drag the stub of their leg and they were stuck where they were but nevertheless when they begin to go and they begin to obey the Lord let's see what happens before they ever got their healing Jesus first says let's see if you can be obedient 
And from afar off, Jesus shouts at them, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And in spite of their circumstances and in spite of what their present circumstance was, in verse 14 it says, they went. Sometimes Jesus just wants to see if you're going to go because your miracle is predicated on your obedience to the word of the Lord. They obeyed Jesus when they hadn't seen their miracle yet. They obeyed Jesus even when they hadn't been delivered yet. They obeyed Jesus even when their circumstances looked the same. Hear me tonight. The first thing that will eliminate the distance between you and Jesus is obedience. Samuel tells Saul in 1 Samuel 22 that obedience is better than sacrifice. I don't care what you can do, Saul, but what will you do if you're told to do it? I don't care how many times you've marched around Jericho. Joshua, will you march seven days instead of six? I don't care if the city does kill preachers. Are you still going to go to Nineveh, Jonah? I don't care if he is your promised son, Abraham. Will you take Isaac up the mountain. I don't care if you dipped one time in the Jordan, Naaman, but will you dip seven times? Will you obey? And as they were on their way to the priest, the Bible says they were cleansed. And as they obeyed, one man comes to the realization and he comes back to Jesus. And Jesus looks at him and he says, weren't there nine, weren't there ten of you guys? And had this one man not obeyed, he would have never had a genuine encounter with the Lord that others could have had. It didn't matter what the others were doing. That's not the point of the story right now. Obedience isn't just about the rules. Obedience brings revelation to the submitted heart that draws the soul closer to God. And obedience eliminates the distance between the hurt and the healer. If you want to draw closer to God, the first thing you've got to do is evaluate and ask yourself, am I being obedient like the word says? Because one of the first things God will look at at the child of God when they're starting to come back and when he wants to begin to bless them, he'll look at them and say, are they obedient? What sacrifice can't do, obedience will. Are they going to be obedient to me in their tithes and offerings? Are they going to be obedient in their lifestyle? Are they going to listen when the man of God speaks? Because if they will, they can have a relationship with me that nobody else can. Obedience to his word. Draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. And his word says you've got to repent and you've got to be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ and if you're watching this VOA live stream tonight I promise you God can touch you where you're sitting right now God can heal you where you're sitting right now you've just got to throw up your hands and say God I'm sorry I want to do what the word says I want to do what the Bible says forgive me 
Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me with your spirit tonight. Come on, right now, wherever you are, I'm praying you would lift up your hands and you would lift up your voice and begin to magnify him. Whether you're in the house of the Lord or you're sitting in your home, right now, just begin to praise him. The first thing that will eliminate the distance between you and Jesus is obedience. The second instance happens. We've got a ways to go tonight, so stay with me. But the second thing that happens, and the second instance happens in Mark chapter 5. Jesus heals a man with a demon. And that came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes in Mark chapter 5 and verse 1. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces neither could any man tame him and always night and day he was in the mountains and the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones but in verse 6 it says when he saw Jesus afar off he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. This demoniac, this man who was under spiritual attack, no chain could bind him. No fetter could hold him. No man could tame him. Every night crying. Every day shouting cutting himself with stones possessed with literally thousands of devils but when he saw Jesus from afar off the Bible says he ran and worshipped him the second thing that will eliminate the space between you and Jesus is your worship Come on, there is power in your praise. Praise can open the prison doors. Praise can set the captives free. I don't care if there's five or 500 in the house. Praise can begin to set ambushments against the enemy. Praise can make demons tremble. It's powerful what praise can do. Praise can make others skeptical, but its its results are undeniable. Praise can cause those around me to become uncomfortable but to keep still is impossible praise can seem unconventional but when I think of the goodness of Jesus it becomes natural when I praise him his word is expounded when I worship him his miracles are unleashed when I praise him his sovereignty is revealed when I worship him his authority is manifest when I praise him his habitation changes location when I worship him is angels wish they could when I praise him once I want to do it all over again how do I praise him I praise him in the dance I praise him in the shout I praise him on the psaltery and the harp I praise
praise him no matter who's around me. I praise him whether there's anybody else or not. I praise him upon the loud cymbals. I praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. I praise him with my offering. I praise him with my voice. I praise him with my hands. You want to know why I run? You want to know why I worship when it doesn't seem like anybody else is? It's because I know anything can happen when I begin to praise. Isaiah said, Thou shalt call thy wall salvation and thy gates praise. Anything I allow into my life, it's coming in with praise. Anything going out of my life, it's going out with praise. Let me tell you what needs to be coming in and out of your gates in these moments when the enemy has the ability to sneak in and begin to plant seeds of doubt. Let me tell you what needs to be coming in your mind when it's so much easier to sit there and binge watch Netflix or binge watch something while you're not going to church and you're not tuning in online. Let me tell you what needs to be coming into your mind. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of a good report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise think on these things that's the beautiful thing about praise it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter what color you are it doesn't matter where you are, what your last name is. When you begin to worship, it gets God's attention. Why wouldn't we want to worship? Why wouldn't we want to come into his house with our voice lifted, with our hands raised, with our mind on him, stayed on Jesus? Hey, when I begin to worship him, doesn't matter if there's 10 in the building or 15 in the building. Doesn't matter where two or three are gathered in his name together. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. And the second thing that will eliminate the distance between you and Jesus is your worship. Are you feeling distant today? Some of you need to try worshiping again. Are you watching online today and can't remember the last time that you actually worshiped? How long has it been since you came into his presence with your hands raised and your voice lifted saying, God, I praise you. God, I worship you. Come on, some of you need to eliminate some distance between you and the master tonight. So I wish some of you would just begin to lift up your voice and shout, I bless you at all times. Your praise shall continually be in my mouth. Doesn't matter if I'm going through a pandemic. Doesn't matter if I got laid off. Doesn't matter if I don't have a place to live. I'm still going to bless the Lord. I'm still going to worship him because I know he inhabits the praises of his people. I've got a new respect. You can be seated. I've got a new respect for this demoniac, Brother Bodie. He was a strong man. No fetter could bind him. No chain could keep him. But the spirit of suicide was all over him. And he still survived. How do you know that? Because you read as soon as the legion are departed out of this man, what do they do? 
they go into a bunch of pigs, and the pigs go straight off a cliff and kill themselves. I've got a new respect for this man. This man was strong mentally. He was strong physically. And he still survived the spirit of suicide. And he said, you know what? I'm tired of dealing with this. And he began to run towards the master. And when you begin to run towards him, and when you begin to worship him, Jesus will meet you where you are. You want to draw close to him? Live a life of worship. The third instance happens in Luke chapter 18. And he spake this parable to a certain which trusted in themselves and they were righteous. In verse 10 it says, Two men went up into the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee and that I am not just as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice a week. I give of all the tithes I possess. And it begins going down the list of why he's qualified to come to where the Lord is. And the publican, in verse number 13, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified in verse 14 rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. This publican wouldn't even look to heaven because he's so ashamed and he's so downridden and he's so humble. He won't even look up towards heaven, but he just begins to smite his breast. This publican standing far off begins to hit his chest and says this, God, I can't give like that other man can and I can't do everything that the other one over there who's bragging about everything he can do. I can't do all that. All I can do is somewhat lift my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help and all I can do is cry out, be merciful to me, a sinner. The third thing that will eliminate the space between you and Jesus Christ is his mercy. The miracle of his mercy is something we as humans cannot comprehend. The publican, this tax collector, this dishonest man, it was his decisions that had separated him from Jesus. It was his actions that had separated him from the master. This it was his humanity, this publican, this, this humanity that had caused him to fail. He couldn't live up to the standard that everybody else was living up to. It is often our own flaws and flesh that causes us, Brother Bodhi, to get a little bit further away from the Lord than we need to be. To get a little bit further off from God through life, through humanity, through our flesh, through things happening. Somehow I wound up afar off from where Jesus 
is. It is not our self-sanctification that causes us to draw near to God. But it is the cry, listen, from the one who knows he has flaws and who knows he has failures to cry out, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I know I've failed and I know I've messed up and it probably won't be the last time. I know I have issues and I'm reaching for somebody right now and I'm reaching for somebody who doesn't have it all together. That's who I'm preaching for tonight. I'm reaching for the prodigal son who's trying to come back home but knows he has failures and he can't blame anybody else and he can't blame anybody else for putting him where he's at. But he, you need, he, this, this prodigal, this man, he, you need, he begins to cry out, God, I know that your mercy is something that can eliminate the distance between my decisions and you. And in all of my failures and in all of my faults, and in all of my idiosyncrasies, when I speak the name of Jesus, I know he's as close as the mention of his name. So I don't care where you are in life tonight. I don't care how far you've strayed. I don't care where your current position on the GPS is. All I do know is that if in the middle of your mess, you'll begin to cry out the name of Jesus and begin to say, God, be merciful to me. I know he's as close as the mention of his name. So if you're watching this tonight or if you're even here tonight and you have found yourself away from him, you found yourself afar off from him, I challenge you tonight, just simply lift up your hands where you're sitting and lift up your voice where you're sitting and begin to shout the name and call the name of Jesus and just begin to say, Jesus, have mercy on me. Come on. His blood eliminated the gap. And in all of my faults, I know that his long arm of mercy is reaching out and drawing me closer to him. I know in all of my failures, his long arm of mercy is simply drawing me back home to the Father's house. His blood eliminated the gap. His long arm of mercy and His grace allows me to feel His presence. Ephesians 2, it says, Wherefore remember that ye being in past time Gentiles in the flesh who are also called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands that at the time ye were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world. But now listen, ye in Christ Jesus who sometimes you were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. 
For he is our peace who hath bone one and broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. For to make in himself twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God and in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And came in verse 17 and preached peace to you, which were of far off I'm telling you tonight no matter how far you run no matter where you hide no matter how bad of a thing you think you've done God still loves you today and like Paul I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Aren't you thankful that there is nothing that can separate you? There is nothing that can block this between you and the Lord. If you will lift up your hands and begin to call out to him like the publican saying, Jesus, be merciful to me, a sinner. Oh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. As the musicians come tonight, what I'm preaching about is not just for perfect people. This isn't just for select people. The message of mercy is for everybody. It's for every color. It's for every race. It's for every tribe and every human on earth. And when they begin to form the church, they begin to hear the message and they begin to ask themselves, they, what is this? I'm hearing this. And the Bible says that they're pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter comes down and he tells them this, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Listen, listen. For the promise is unto you and to your children and all them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And truth be told, he is not far from you today. No matter how bad you've messed up. No matter how many times you've failed. No matter what you've done. Through the view of your self-condemnation. He's not far. Because in Acts 17 and 27 it says this. That they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from every one of us it's not what it looks like don't believe the lie from hell that says you can never get back up again don't believe the lies of the enemy 
that says you've messed up too bad this time. Don't believe the lies from hell that say just because my parents got divorced, I can never be somebody productive in the kingdom of God. He's as close as the mention of his name. And appearances aren't always what they seem. I wish you'd lift your hands where you are right now and you'd lift your voice and just begin to call on him. If you haven't felt him in a long time, I challenge you right now, reach out and begin to say, Oh God, Jesus, I I need your touch right now. I need your mercy right now. More than I ever have before. Oh, God. It was on the afternoon of September 17, 1944, Lieutenant Joseph Enthammer, a German artillery officer, gazed up to the clear skies, hardly believing what he saw. White snowflakes appeared in the air, and they, they appeared to hang there, just floating. Couldn't believe it. And he said, this cannot be. He started thinking to himself, surely this isn't, this isn't real. It never snows in September. What am I seeing? It, it doesn't snow in September. And what he was seeing, he said, wait a minute, those are parachutes. And they were. And he was witnessing the first wave of the British parachute assault on Arnhem. And this story was the largest airborne operation in World War II up to that point. And as the British attacked that day in the Netherlands, the enemy learned one thing and confused for so long. What is that? It, it doesn't snow in September. And they learned that day that things aren't always what they seem. And you can't always believe what you see. Let me remind somebody tonight, it doesn't snow in September. And hell and the devil is a liar. And things are not what they seem. You can come back to God. His long arm of mercy is reaching for you tonight. And to some of you, it may look like God is a million miles away. And just when it looked like the Lord was through with you, just when it looked like all was lost, just when it looked like the enemy had won, you've got to remember, it's not always what it looks like. There's still hope. There's a resurrection coming. The enemy cannot win. And today, if you're afar off, I challenge you just to begin to right now, as everybody in here begins to do it and everybody watching begins to do it, throw your hands towards heaven and begin to talk to the Lord right now. Come on, he's as close as the mention of his name. Somebody call out his name right now. Come on, somebody speak the name. You think you failed too many times for God to redeem you. No, 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 no. It's, he's not as far away as it seems. 
Oh, come on. You think you've messed up too many times. No, no, no. A righteous man falls seven times and gets back up again. I'm not down like they said I was going to be. I'm not through like the enemy thought I was. But I'm coming back out now stronger. I'm coming back out now with a greater anointing. Because while I was afar off, oh, Jesus was right beside me the whole time. And I know that tonight I've got to start being obedient to his word. And I've got to start worshiping him. And I've got to start calling out for mercy because those three things will eliminate the gap. Come on, I challenge you right now, wherever you are, begin to start looking at the Word. Begin to obey the Word. Begin to worship Him. And begin to ask the Lord for mercy right now. And He'll meet you where you are. Come on, let's worship Him tonight. Let's magnify Him tonight. Come on, as they begin to sing. Oh, God, we need your mercy today. God, we need your grace today. God, we need your anointing today. Draw me close to you today, Lord. Oh, I don't ever want to go away from your presence. Lord, I don't ever want to go away from you. I'm coming back to the heart of worship tonight. Lord, I'm going to get my mind in the Word and... I'm going to do what you tell me to do. God, today I'm going to begin to worship you again. It's been a long time. and Today I'm going to let my worship rise one more time. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to thank you for mercy. I'm going to thank you that I wasn't worth saving, but you saved me anyway. Oh, God, we need you tonight. Come on, let's love him right now. Let's love him right now. Let's love him. Let's love him. Let's love him. To feel the warmth of your embrace. Help me find a way to bring me back to you.